Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with John Brinkus. John, how are you? I am blessed, grateful, and awesome. I love that. Wow. Let's add awesome on there. I like that. That's good. You're always looking to one up me. That's kind of what I feel these days, right? (laughs) Wait, listen, it's always a competition. That's right. That's right. I know it is with you and I know that uh, you are an expert in peak performance and competition. So looking forward to having a great conversation today with you. And I want to welcome Elevate Nation back because it's really time to take it to another level. And I want to welcome you back to the show where it's our mission to identify how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in their lives and in real estate and beyond, because this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results. We're going to talk about the mindset, the habits, the routines, the systems, you know, the strategies and so much more from an individual like John who knows what really peak performance is all about so that you can apply that in your own life so that you can create a life without limits or even more for yourself. And if you appreciate what we're doing, certainly be grateful if you subscribe to the show, if you gave us a rating or review, five-star rating if you're so inclined. It helps us reach more people. Our goal is to reach millions and millions of people with this message because guess what? You don't have to live a life of toleration. You don't have to live a life where you just tolerate the day-to-day. You can actually live a life of fulfillment if you commit to your own personal growth, if you commit to building practical vehicles in your life, whether it's a business, whether it's real estate, uh, or so on and so forth. So with that said, I want to introduce you to John Brinkus, who has spent the last decade studying and popularizing the unique characteristics of the world's greatest athletes. A co-founder of Base Productions, he cre- co-created the groundbreaking series Fight Science for the National Geographic Channel. The on-air, on-air host, co-creator, and executive producer of ESPN's Emmy award-winning show Sports Science. Sports Science has appeared in and produced over 1,200 segments that have been featured on ABC and ESPN's enormous sports platform. He's been featured in coverage of the Super Bowl, Monday Night Football, the NBA Finals, Sunday Night Baseball, and the Masters, just to name a few. I don't know if you've heard of any of those, just saying. Uh, Through Sports Science, Brinkus has appeared before 80 million people annually for the last decade, has won six Emmys, and has written a New York Times bestseller, The Perfection Point. His expertise in analyzing the performance behind all things sports science related has landed him in national endorsement deals with Ford, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Gillette, Nerf, Coors Light with Ice Cube, TaylorMade, and many more. John, I feel like I'm name dropping here, my man. Uh, Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit more about yourself behind the bio. Um, you know, I'm, I was born and raised in Vienna, Virginia as a boy right outside of DC. Um, the, the, you know, I come from, honestly, I come from, uh, Virginia, uh, grew up in Vienna, went to, you know, high school was, was somebody who was always very, um, involved in whatever it is I'm doing. You know, I'm not a really good passive, you know, sit back and let just things kind of happen. I'm always the kind of person that wants to make things happen. So, you know, whether or not it's, you know, being in the student government or, you know, playing sports and being a really active part of it or, you know, learning something new or, and then, you know, it extends from being a, that really curious kid to then going out and being an entrepreneur and, you know, saying, Hey, I want to make movies and TV shows and, 
you know, kind of stuff that sounds crazy to do. And, and there's certainly no guidebook as to where well, here's how you do it. I um, mean, just kind of went out and did it, you know, and I, I'm incredibly grateful that the way that my path, um, you know, led me was to the worlds of sport and science and ended up fusing those two things together and sports science, you know, certainly, um, you know, I think made a, a little dent in the sports universe and it came out in 2006 and originally, and, you know, we, the iPhone didn't exist, sensors didn't exist. And, you know, we created a program that was visually um, and educationally something that no one had ever seen. So it, uh, you know, you, you were reading there, that was 1200 segments. The, that, that bio was a little old. It was like 1800 segments, um, you know, and we won six Emmys and, you know, just really sort of got a lot of notoriety in that space. And I've been able to parlay that success into other areas as well. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I'm a good, good example of an entrepreneur who is very much like, you know, take that first step forward and then figure it all out because you can never figure it out before you actually take that step. Otherwise, you'd never take the step. That's a good point. And, and most of us, you know, we build the plane on the way down after we jump off the, uh, the cliff. And, you know, many of us regret that in the moment, but we all know that, you know, you do have to figure it out. You do have to improvise and seek that curiosity. And one thing that strikes me about you and what you've done is that you've been able to be a bit in, innovative in your thought and how you apply your curiosity of science as well as your curiosity with sport and peak performance and marry those two, which to me, that's what innovation is all about is observing, you know, something in one field or one capacity that has really no relation, so to speak, to another and apply that. And I find that fascinating. You know, it really also strikes me about you is that you've just followed your curiosity so deeply and it's led you to paths that have created uh, you know, obviously a lot of success, but also an enjoyable and fulfilling life. So I would also be curious beyond that, you know, have you always been driven, you know, this high performer or, you know, is that just a part of your identity or did that come from someplace? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I've always been, you know, the kid and, and now obviously the the uh, elder Wiseman, I'll refer to myself. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just, had a, just had a birthday and I kind of want to forget how old I am now. But the, uh, you know, I've always just been really driven. And when people say, you know, what's your, you know, what's sort of your, in, you know, your, uh, you know, gift or whatever, for me, you know, it's making something out of nothing. I just like to, I like, when, when I say that, it's like coming up with an idea and inventing something is a lot cooler than latching on to something that already exists. Now, that that's not for everybody, right? Because there are, I mean, I can't, you obviously know, you know, through your podcast and connections, there are a lot of people who get a job with an existing company and work their way up and they become gazillionaires and they branch out, branch off from there. I've always been the kind of person who's like, okay, what can I, what do I want to do? I'll figure out how to make that. So when we're, you know, trying to make a movie, you know, I made a movie, you know, right out of college and, you know, wrote a script and raised money and, you know, slept on floors in New York to like just, you know, just, I didn't have any money and I had to figure it out. And that all those kind of experiences really shape, um, they, they shape your, your worldview as to what is possible. And they also create a little bit of a sense of urgency. Like if it was easy, you would just be like, oh, I could just take my time. But when it's hard, you're like, dude, I got to get through this. I got to figure this out. So that sense of urgency is something that's re that, that really has always driven me. And another thing that, that I like to point out is, it's really important to be something. And what I mean by that is 
when people try to be creative or they want to come up with a business or they just any, like literally anything, you never want to be down the middle. You don't want to just say, you know, I'm going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with, you know, just bread that, that doesn't have, you know, that's kind of like, eh, it's not stale. It's not perfect. It's not warm. And the jelly is not that sweet. If you're going to make it, make it and make it something bold. So in everything I've created in every, everything that I, that I, I, uh, you know, embark on it. You want to be something And sports science is a great example. I mean, it's sport and mind you in my career, sports science is just the best known property. You know, we had 17 different shows that were all sport related because once you get fight science came before sports science and it, it really created that platform, sports science just happens to be the best known, but you know, we had car science and stunt science, animal science, universe science, you know, homicide science, you know, like went on and on and on. Anything you could put in front of the word science, we basically did. And that was being something because the storytelling, you could be really dull and have a narrator that's just telling you something and you see some B-roll and that's that. You know, I was just very, you know, we got to like really kind of make this something that people are going to talk about around a water cooler. And and in, in terms of aiming, I was never aiming for the sport fan. I was aiming for people who just could appreciate human beings. Because I think that there are far more people who marvel at humans than are fans of sport. So, you know, the like for myself, I'll watch the championship of literally anything. I'll, I'll watch the knitting national championship. <laughs> like it's just, you get two people who are the best at anything and they're going to throw down, I'm in. And yeah. I'm going to watch that. Um, and I like to call the idea about being something, I keep referring to it as like the nirvana factor. It's, you know, when, when Kurt Cobain and Dave Grohl and, you know, we're in, we're in the studio, can you imagine, you know, if, but, you know, if Butch, the, the uh, producer, can you imagine if he hit the button and said, uh, can we smooth out your voice, Kurt? You know, people don't sound like that today. You know, it, the melodic thing is selling and working and let's be a little bit more like poison. Right. And these were like, we're going to the opposite end and we're just going to be something like it, hate it. You need to, you need to make sure that you have an opinion about it because being down the middle is to me on anything, there's just no upside and it's safe. And that territory is really boring. So it's better to be big and bold and fail than to be down the, down the middle and barely get by. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year. Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Absolutely. Stand for something. I mean, that's, I couldn't be more inspired by what you're saying. And you know what? It is risky to do that, right? You know, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's, not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to align with you, but 
who cares, right? You want to create raving fans in your business. You need to be bold. You need to be, you know, a little bit outside the norm. You need to be yourself too. Would you say a little bit authentic? hundred percent. I mean, that, that idea of finding an authentic voice. And here's the, here's the other thing about be something, be something that you can live with. That is you. That's a representation that you don't have to like keep reminding yourself, what do I believe in again? Like that. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. I, you know, I'm married. I have two kids. Like I'm, you know, when you look behind the scenes, you're like, let's, let's peer into this guy's personal life. I'm boring. Like (laughs) I'm faithful to my wife. I pay my taxes on time. I'm, you know, I go to my kids sporting events. I'm super supportive. I'm boring. Like I don't have any like crazy personal stories. So the idea of like, okay, I live that life. So what do I stand for? Everything that I do, I want to make sure my kids can watch it and my wife can watch it and I can be proud of it. So being involved with, with uh, sports science in terms of like education and entertainment, anything that I do, I don't want to have to apologize. I just don't. So it, 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 whatever endeavor people want to take on, it's, if it's in your wheelhouse of I'm really passionate about this, I just, it, I just ooze it naturally. It really, it, it's such a cliche of, uh, well, then you're not going to work. You know, you're doing something you love, which is true. And usually if you do that, you, you can end up finding your way a lot easier than if you, you know, say, oh, I want to be a, you know, fill in the blank just because they make a lot of money. Like that usually doesn't work out. Absolutely. And I just wanted to make a mention that I totally agree with you on, you know, being so fascinated with sports and just peak performers and the best in their field, because there's always something to learn. There's always something to grow from. There's always something that you can apply yourself and whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're running a business, whether you're being creative in your thought, whether you're building relationships, what can you do to show up and be the best at what you're doing, which is really what I love about what you do. And I I really admire the curiosity and and the application with which you've taken your career. So I'd love to know, I mean, let's, let's go down that path. I mean, what fascinates you about the science of peak performance, the science of sports in particular, and let's go down that path. I, this is I mean, it's an interesting time to even have this discussion because I'm a mass, I'm a big fan of science. I'm an even bigger fan of making compelling arguments. I always say, pick an argument you can win. I, in, my, in my major in college was actually called, and you can cue, everybody can get their laugh track out. It was called rhetoric communication studies, the theory <laughs> of the argument. Everyone's like, oh, bet all the athletes were taking that class. I'm like, well, I actually then, I actually made it into my own major. So I did a bunch of independent studies that were all about entertainment and politics and religion and anything that's creating an argument that's designed to be persuasive which is really the only thing that ends up mattering, right? Is I need to communicate a point and I want you to believe it. And I want to I want you to believe it for good reason. I don't I don't want to just force you into believing it. I want you to accept it as something that you now believe to be true. So, so when you watch an episode of Sports Science and if, for those who aren't familiar, just go to YouTube, type in the word sports science and uh there you know a whole bunch of clips will come up. And when you look at it. I'm. It, it's funny because people are like, oh, it's, you know, it's an objective look at at a sport. It's really a very subjective look. At, I'm trying to convince you of something. I'm trying to tell you how how incredible Ray Lewis is, and I'm going to show you how incredible he is because he obviously is fa- one of the things he's famous for is for having a bull rush. So we had him go up against a SWAT team battering ram. So it was the bull versus the ram. 
who could generate more force by, you know, knocking down a door. And we make this incredible, you know, sort of visual presentation, you know, it gets millions of hits on YouTube. And all of a sudden people are buying into the argument of, oh my God, I didn't realize how much force an NFL player, an NFL linebacker was able to generate. And, and the reason why I say it's an interesting time to do that is, but when, when we were starting out, when I said there was nothing, literally nothing, nothing like it. Like we were just doing stuff and, and coming up with numbers with sensors and fashioning them and trying to figure out how to, how to develop these algorithms before we're like way ahead of the curve. Now there's so much data. We live in an era of data explosion that it feels as though it works almost, it works against itself because when there's too much data, you don't know what to make of it. And then when you don't know what to make of it, you have people extrapolating answers that are simply not true. And you kind of, when, when people manipulate numbers just to make their point, but it's taken out of context, to me, it becomes incredibly irresponsible. Now you're diminishing the strength of science and you're applying something through a very biased filter that it, that you're convincing somebody of something that's just not true. And for me, that's irresponsible. I always wanted to say, all right, here's the argument that I want to make and I need to prove it. And whether you do 1,800 segments of anything, you would expect the scientific community to raise their hand and say, that's not true. We never had anybody raise their hand and say, that's not true because I was so careful and still am careful with all the wording, careful with what we're doing. I want to make sure it's true. And if what I'm trying to convince the audience of turns out not to be true, those are some of the best segments we've ever done. I'm like, the, oh my God, you know what? What I thought was true is not. So I need to communicate to people. You might think you have to be holding on to a bat to hit a home run. As it turns out, you could actually let go because the ball, the, the ball bat collision time is three one thousandths of a second, or I'm sorry, it's one one thousandth of a second. And the amount of time that it takes the energy to reach the end of the bat to your hands is three one thousandths of a second. So it turns out you could actually theoretically let go in that two one thousandths of, uh, of a second window and still hit the bar, ball just as far. That's something I didn't expect. That's something I didn't know. Um, and it becomes really compelling. Well, and what, what I love about what you did there is, you know, you're really allowing people to compare and, and have a frame of reference in terms of force. Like you talked about Ray Lewis. It's like some people don't really understand how powerful these human beings are and these elite athletes are or how athletic or how much force they use to jump off the floor or whatever. And it is fascinating. And I just find it to be fascinating just to learn and to, you know, to put things you know, within a frame of reference and have really a true understanding of how powerful that is. And, and I love the way that you delivered that, but I'd be curious to know, I mean, after your study and just really, you know, following your own curiosity and, and providing these sort of frame of references, I mean, what sort of overarching patterns did you observe in terms of these elite performers, you know, in athletics, which can then be applied to business or just creating and designing a fulfilling and a limitless life? I'd just be curious to know what patterns did you observe? There are a couple. Um, the biggest one is all high performers stay calm under pressure. That's the, by far any field, you know, we've had, you know, through fight science and all the other programs we've done, you know, we've had, um, I've been, had the incredible honor of working with the world's greatest athletes and the world's greatest warriors. You know, you get the Navy SEALs in there, you get, 
you know, Army Rangers in there. You get Green Berets. Like, you just, like, you get people cut from a totally different cloth. Um, and you, you see, well, what's the common denominator? Are they really superhuman? And, at, you know, at their core, every athlete and every soldier is human. The difference is when that pressure gets turned up, when it gets really hot, like, who's freaking out and who's staying calm? That, that is by far the biggest differentiator. The second differentiator is the lack of being complacent. You know, it's the ESPN just ran the last dance and it's incredible. I've had the incredible honor of getting to know Michael Jordan a bit. And when, when you say he's just not complacent, he, I mean, think of, think of how many times in his life he could have just said, you know what? I'm good. Everyone's calling me the best. I'm good. I've won a bunch of championships. What else can I do? But that idea, the ending of the last dance where it was like, we could have won seven. Like that was his headline rather than we won six. It's like, we could have had seven. I mean, like that idea is what drives people. It's, you know, by no means am I putting myself in the same sentence as Michael Jordan, but to people who, who want to, you know, create and do something and make an impact you're never looking in the rearview mirror. You're like, yeah, 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 whatever. I, I, I got that. You know, I'm the kind of guy like, you know, if you have an award or do something, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. What's the next thing that we're doing? So, you know, there's that idea. And then I think thirdly, there is the idea of being what I like to refer to the Goldilocks zone. You're big enough, strong enough, fast enough, smart enough. That's where you reside. People want to, people are really obsessed with the idea of being the biggest, strongest, fastest, smartest. And I say, look, you, you can analyze this any way you want. Sure, if you want to win the 100-meter dash, you know, you have, to be the, you have to be the fastest, obviously. But life is not a 100-meter dash. Life is more like a decathlon. And you have to be really versatile at everything. You got to be able to be a friend and a father and a husband and an entrepreneur. And, a, you know, you got to have like wear all these different hats. And you got to be good enough at it that you can pass, you know, the test that's in front of you. And when you can't, you get stuck. So you, you see, you know, kids who are determined to be a prodigy in sports. You're amazing. And if they don't figure out that, yeah, you're amazing in high school and not that amazing in college, they never make it to the pros. And then if they like, they're good in college, but then they make it to the pros and they didn't want to get better, they just, you, you forget about them. And, and, the, and life is going to forget about you because you're not falling in that Goldilocks zone. So I, I always tell people, believe me when I say, I am the farthest thing from the smartest guy in the room, but I'm just smart enough to know I'm not that smart. And when you, when you realize, okay, I know where I can assert myself and not assert myself and say, all right, I'm not that smart in this. I just don't know anything. That, that curiosity drives you to learn more and to sit back when you should sit back and pounce when you should pounce. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I think there's so much value in there. I just want to recap, you know, the top two, you know, items that you just mentioned there is stay calm under pressure. I mean, the the elite performers stay calm when the pressure's on. So what can you do to step into that? What can you do to train yourself from an internal standpoint to prepare for those moments? When the pressure's on, what can you do to, you know, recognize that you've been preparing for this? What can you do to, you know, master your 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 own emotions and understand that, you know what? my adrenaline is trying to get me to perform, but you know, if I'm not careful, it's going to take me outside of the zone of, 
you know, focus and so on and so forth. But, you know, also a lack of complacency. I think there's a ton of value in understanding that, you know, when you have a lack of complacency, you have a desire for growth and you have a desire to adapt and become something different because things are always changing. I mean, I know for sure myself and in the businesses that I'm involved in and, you know, the properties that I'm involved in, there's always a new challenge. So I've got to grow myself. That's why I'm such a, I'm so passionate about personal growth is because if you can grow and be versatile as a human being, as you mentioned, you can show up and you can perform and you can, you know, rise to the occasion when the pressure's on because you have done the work. And so I love what you also talked about in terms of being versatile and, and being able to, you know, play these different roles. I mean, tell me how that works for you. I mean, I, I kind of liken it to being a quarterback in my own business. You know, it's all right, we know the plays, we've got the team, let's make sure that we're putting the best players on the field and let's execute. And, you know, I don't have to be the outstanding player at each position, but I can direct and guide and, and, and work that way. It sounds like that's the same, same philosophy that you have. So tell me a little bit about that and how you play that, that role. Yeah. I like the visual image of water and ESPN just ran, you know, the Bruce Lee documentary, be water. And look, there are a lot of religious references of, of water and to be like water. And when, when people are like, what does that actually mean? It's like, just think of the different States of water. Like think about, how versatile water is, right? Like water creates clouds, it creates rains, it creates it, it rain, it creates ice. It's like, it has its different forms, but also more importantly, water behaves very differently based on its, on its state. So it can be ice and when it gets hot, it melts. And when it melts, it evaporates and then it condenses and then it precipitates and it behaves differently based on its circumstance. When you think about that, our lives are really like water. When we are, and I, the being the the not don't be complacent. The idea is really think of a pond, you know, in the middle of the forest, and how it's got a lot of bugs in it, and it's got you know algae all over the place because it's still and it's not running anywhere, and it just sits there. When you feel, I think that's the most common thing that happens is we become stale, stinky ponds. That's what happens when you're not moving. But you know what doesn't is you know doesn't have algae and doesn't have bugs all over it are like rivers because it's always moving and it's moving and it's got to bob and weave and it goes over rocks and it hits channels and it speeds up and slows down and like when you have that visual image about this water you know the idea of you never step into the same river twice that's that's life that's what we were meant to be like is to be flowing you know constantly flowing that's the image that I have in my head. And when you have that image in your head, then when you picture like, okay, that was a, you know, class five rapid that I just went through. The next time I get to the class five rapid, I know what to expect. But the first time you get there, man, is that scary. Second time you get there, not so much. Third time, you're, you actually kind of enjoy it. You're like, all right, you know, what I can expect in life is the unexpected. As it turns out, that's the only thing that's guaranteed. That is, oh my gosh, that, that reverberates in my life every single day. And I never like to live that, but I know that it's true. And I know that if I can expect the unexpected, I'm ready. I'm ready to be nimble. I'm ready to adapt. As you mentioned, I thought it was a great visual in terms of how the water bends around the rocks. I appreciate you sharing that. You know, another thing that I love is, is showing up and, and visualizing a mind like water as well, you know, and thinking yeah. of, okay, well, 
you know what, um, we're here and, and um, we're going to be present and I'm not going to think about what's next. I'm not going to think about what I screwed up on before, but I'm here with you and I'm thinking of what can we do to serve the listeners? What can we do to think of something new? What can we do to be innovative? And, you know, I, that's really what I think about when you talk about staying calm under pressure is, is having the expectation and saying, okay, you know what? I expected the unexpected. I expected them to throw a left hook at me. So what am I going to do now? How am I going to react? And, and I, I would imagine that you've experienced that yourself in business. So tell me, I mean, what sort of left hooks have been thrown your way and, and uh, give me an example of something that you've, oh you've expected the unexpected and how'd you show up there? I, 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 I mean, anybody who's been an entrepreneur for, you know, longer than a couple years, you know, there is no guidebook to it. And no. the unfortunate truth, it's so funny of uh, when you think about the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur is you have to deal with other people, <laughs> like like these other people. Um, you know, why can't they just get it? And the idea of, look, I, people have their own, their own minds, their own free will and crazy stuff happens. And when you start growing with a business and the more people you get connected with, the higher the probability that you find out a story about someone that you're close with or you're working with that you're like, what? And then it throws a wrench in everything. And, you know, when you get everything from like, I, I, when I, t I can't even go down that. The reason why I can't go down that road is it's, it, we don't, we don't have enough time and everyone's <laughs> just going to be like, what is going on over there? But I know that I, I mean, I've been in business for almost 30 years, literally. So, and the thousands and thousands of people, the crazy thing is all of the, like, you know, you'll have some employee or, you know, or some client or something that comes up and says, oh, guess what? I'm filling the blank of like the what in that thing. I, I can't tell like, you can almost pick any word and put it in the blank. And I'm like, I've heard a version of that. But as it turns out, when everybody says, oh, I've seen it all. I've been there. I've done that. Come, you know, March of 2020, everyone's like, I haven't seen this. <laughs> and like, I, like, I didn't realize that there was that out there. So I don't know what's next. <laughs> you know, who knows? Like, I, I only know what I know. And I didn't think this was possible, but evidently it was. Yeah. What a great example. I mean, the, the, the world that we live in is so unpredictable and we're, so, we're reminded like continuously, even as 2020 persists, it's like, whoa, I thought that this couldn't take another turn, but absolutely anything's possible. So what are you doing to control the controllables? What are you doing to invest in yourself? What are you doing to, yeah. you know, stay calm under pressure? I mean, because as entrepreneurs, I mean, there's so many factors, there's so many things that are, you know, surrounding us. So what are we doing to stay calm under pressure and, you know, remind ourselves that we're not complacent. We're ready to grow. We're ready to become more. And perhaps there's an opportunity here. So I'd love to know, I mean, how are you investing in yourself in addition to growing your businesses and becoming that sort of, you know, that water where you're bending around the rock? I mean, how are you investing in yourself these days? I am, you know, I've thrown myself into, um, really help build, you know, the next business and the next businesses that I'm involved with. Um, I've thrown myself into that. We've recently moved to right outside of Atlanta. Uh, we lived in Park City for a long time. It was great. It just, you know, it's time for a change. So, you know, my wife, my wife, God bless her. She's lived all over the world. I grew up in uh, Virginia and went to the University of Virginia. So I was in the same place, same house, same, you know, general location for the first 21 years of my life. Like I was just there. You know, and I went to Cocoa Beach for a vacation, you know, so I wasn't particularly worldly. 
And then when I, you know, got out and saw the world and traveled around and, you know, you, you, your eyes and mind get, you know, really opened up and, um, you know, we've, we recently moved. So I've like thrown myself into new ventures. It, that's, it's, it's like, you know what? We need a new chapter that, you know, the sports science chapter was awesome and still awesome. I still do tons of work with that kind of stuff. Um, but it was all about, you know, turning over a new leaf. So we, um, that, that's really the state that I'm in. It's that I was in uh, a part of a group called the Liminal Collective. Everybody should go check it out. It's incredible. The group of brilliant minds. I don't know why they have me, uh, but I'm part of this group and, you know, just incredibly smart guys called the Liminal Collective. Um, they are, uh, liminal is a word that it's funny because they wanted me to the, you know, I joined the group and I'm like, what does liminal mean? <laughs> I have to look it up. Like I've never heard that word. It means the space in between. It's the time in between. It's that transition space. And I was in that for a really, not a really long time, but you know, there was a, you know, six to 12 month period where you're just trying to figure things out. Um, and now I'm much more into the groove and much more into the, all right, here's where we're heading. Um, I've got, you know, I've got my, you know, sort of sea legs underneath me. I, you can feel the momentum. The universe is conspiring for us all to succeed. And now I kind of see the path, you know, that's the next path. Um, and it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of trial and error and figuring things out in order to, in order to get there. Yeah. And embracing that uncertainty. I mean, I feel like that's one of the themes, you know, at least that I'm gathering from your journey is that you've just embraced uncertainty and you've recognized that there's no playbook, right? But you're willing to get your sea legs. As you said, you're willing to embrace that change. You're willing to, you know, you know, understand that you have to expect the unexpected. So tell me about, I mean, as you're continuing to grow, as you're putting yourself in new environments, as you're trying out, you know, new ventures, you're, you're really succeeding in new ventures. I mean, what are you most excited about these days? What, what's next for you? Tell you what, I'm super honored to be the CMO of the clean energy drink company, Killcliff. Killcliff is a clean energy drink company. There, there is a problem and I'm very passionate about this. There is a problem. You know, the traditional energy drinks, high in synthetic caffeine, loaded with sugar, not only bad for you, but even worse for you, the younger you are. And it's a problem. Unfortunately, I know far too many kids who have suffered serious health consequences because of energy drinks. So, you know, I, I, as, as fate would have it, run into Killcliff. And, you know, John Timar, who's the COO there, um, is just an incredible person recruited me to be the CMO and, you know, we're taking off like gangbusters. We have Killcliff, we have a CBD beverage, we have um, a beverage with all natural caffeine called Ignite that just has new uh, packaging, new flavor formulas. Um, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable product that I can tell you, I've, I only throw my name behind companies and products that I really believe in. No sugar, you know, nothing artificial, nothing fake. It, I'm, I used to only drink water. Now it's water and Killcliff. So go to Killcliff, K-I-L-L-C-L-I-F-F.com. Go check that out. Also involved with, um, I've got an app coming out with Intel that's called Soul and Science. It's sports science taken to the next level. We, sh- we shot it all in a 20,000 square foot dome uh, with over 100 cameras shooting 8K simultaneously. It's like bullet time on steroids. Um, it's an incredible, um, incredible app. I have, uh, there's a self-defense class that's coming out. Because of fight science, I worked with uh, Amir Peretz and Boss Rutan. Uh, and there's a self-defense defense class that they're offering for the first time. It's a free self-defense class. If you go to saveyourlife2020.com, saveyourlife2020.com, check that out. And also check out 
Um, I have a venture with a guy named Eric the Trainer, who's one of the best trainers in the world. He's at, uh, based out of Burbank, and he trains the stars, and he has this incredible online class every morning. It's called Morning Glory Live. Go to morningglorylive.com, register for that. Just a few of the things, you know, the, um, you know I'm really blessed to be involved with some incredible people. Um, you know, check out Kill Cliff for sure. That's, that's your order it, you get it right away. Learn how to defend yourself. Check out the Intel thing. <laughs> you know, go work out with Eric the trainer. We got a lot of really good, great stuff going on. That's awesome, man. And uh, I can just tell that you don't have much going on. I mean, I, I just feel like maybe there's a hobby or something you could pick up. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can just tell you're pretty bored over there. So I appreciate that. I love when I ask what you're most excited about and I get, you know, six different uh, very exciting <laughs> ventures. So uh, super excited to hear that. And we'll definitely put links in the show notes for for all of that. And uh, I appreciate that. Uh, tell me, um, what would you say if you were to point to one thing that you've really kind of gotten 1% better at recently, what would that be? Just out of curiosity. Um, I will tell you, I've gotten 1% better. I've gotten 1% better at being present. I really, I, I, I really have the, because the, you know, that, that sort of transition period in between everything, it's a funny thing. And you're and if you're in, in real estate, it, you know, and you're, and your people sit back and real estate's a great example. Oh, I own this, got this great property. It's generating me cash. It's sit back. What could go wrong? You know, like <laughs> it's so easy. Like when the list of the things that could go wrong, when they do go wrong or when something happens, you're like, oh my God, you're going to pull your hair out. But then once you fix it and it's, it almost feels like it didn't happen. You're like, oh wait, God, I can't even, didn't even remember when that did happen, but that was an awful period I had to go through. You know, sort of those transition periods in your life they, they really teach you, they, they teach you that we worry way too much. And worrying is about projecting the negative outcome in the future. That's what worrying actually is. It's you're here and your mind is down the road in a bad place. So that worrying is, uh, it's not good. It's healthy to acknowledge, okay, there's a, you know, there's a big deep dragon down that road. So I shouldn't go down there, but you know, I, I shouldn't worry about it because I don't think the dragon's going to get me. So the idea about being present, I've gotten much better at just saying, here's where I am today. And here's where I know, yeah, I've got my vision of the future, where it's going to go, but I've got to execute today right now. And I, you know, while I, while I say I've gotten better being present, I've always had to be present, but there is like that extra little level. There's that Bruce Lee level, right? That water level of, you know, you can't look over the waterfall, you know, you still have to go over the rocks before the waterfall. So be prepared for everything. So I would say that's what I'm 1% better at. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, Visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. Yeah, and I think that there's certainly a two millimeter shift from good to great or great to excellent or excellent to extraordinary. And, you know, you really just described the two millimeter shift there. It's about being present. And I think many of the yeah. listeners would probably acknowledge that they appreciate that reminder. I certainly do myself. It's a course correction because I think we, you know, many of us are aware of the fact that we need to be present. 
But many of us also go back to the human condition of worrying about the future, about what we may screw up on tomorrow, about all the things that are coming down our path. And I, I thought it was great that you acknowledged the fact that it is healthy to have an awareness of potential downsides of certain decisions, but not to worry about that. And so, you know, let's all take that as a reminder to be present and to course correct and to recognize that if you weren't present today, it's okay. We all have those moments and now what can we do to get back in the present and take care of business and execute and be here now. So I really appreciate that. And John, this is an amazing discussion. I've really appreciated this. I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. And it's all about elevating. It's all about scaling the mountaintop. It's all about, you know, expanding our limits and raising the bar and, and creating something more and getting a little bit uncomfortable, but creating that life, designing a life without limits. And so, you know, I always, I, I do cringe a little bit when I ask this question because I know it would be very tough for me to ask it. But if you were to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've ever read, what would those be and why? Um... I, the Great Gatsby was an incredibly impactful book, not only because of the way that it's written, but because of the teacher I had when I read it. So I had Mr. Carbo. It was my junior year in high school, and he really taught me about consider the source. And when you read, you know, I, I became a Fitzgerald fanatic. Um, so it was really about considering the source of who's saying what, in what context, and how the language and the crafting of that language um, is it's important to be able to recognize the way the language is craft depends upon the source that's providing it. And it's more than just an art. It's a science and an art. Um, so that book by itself uh, made a massive impact on me. Um, and if I had to choose, you know, that's kind of like from my childhood. And if I had to say, you know, obviously other than the Bible, we'll, we'll, we'll just put that as a given. But we'll say, you, you know, the, you know, something like, um, uh, Born to Run is, you know, I think it, Born to Run was a massively, massively important book because it, it shed light on a topic that ended up changing the course of my life. I was an endurance athlete. Um, n- notice the verb tense there. I was <laughs> an endurance athlete. And, uh, you know, my wife then became an endurance athlete. And when I gave her, you know, the book Born to Run, she became very in- inspired. And Turns out she's a total badass endurance athlete, way better than I am. And when everyone says, oh, you got chicked, I'm like, trust me, there is no shame in getting chicked. Like, no shame in it because I'm not even close to as good as my wife. I'm not, I'm not, I'm like an average, like I'm literally like an average, I wouldn't, I I couldn't make a high school track team, boys or girls. Like, so I'm I'm ridiculously average. Um, But it's, you know, Born to Run shed the light on, you know, you, the the idea of, all right, there, there is a tribe and they run and that's just what they do. They just run and we are born to run. I love the idea of what are we born to do? It's, we're not, I don't think we're born to sprint. I think we're born to run vast distances. I really do. That sprinting seems like an artificial construct. Like you got to go really fast from here to there, 100 meters, 10 seconds, I always say beware of round numbers, but life is not, it's not set up like that. It's not a round number. It's a crazy journey. And you, sometimes you need to go faster than others, but the all out sprint just seems to me like it's more like we're running a marathon and we're running it. You know, you might have to stop and fix your shoe because you got a blister. You know, you can use, you know, put all, insert the metaphor 
here, but it's, it was a really impactful book, um, not only for me, but for my, my, my wife and my family. That's awesome. And I, I always think of life and business and, you know, all the journeys and the adventures that we, we go on, you know, a little bit as like a hike, you, you mentioned insert the, the metaphor here, you know, it's peaks and valleys, you know, there's times where I'm inspired and wow, I got a great view. And there's other times where it's like, man, I just twisted my ankle and I just fell down the rock and I, I, I you know, I, I skidded my knee up and I am starving and oh my gosh, but it's a journey. So continue, take the next step, right? So that that's awesome. And what are we born for uh, is also a great question. I mean, the, the, the concepts of innovation and, and thinking about what are we born to do? And I think we're all born to be great, in my opinion, and uh, we're, form of greatness is, is different for everyone. But I appreciate you sharing that. John, I'd love to know what are what's aside from our discussion today so far. What's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Prayer. I mean, I pray morning, noon, and night. You know, I'm Catholic, and uh, you know, was born and raised Catholic in a ridiculously positive way because I didn't go to Catholic school. I didn't have it crammed <laughs> down my throat. Um, you know, I have I have an incredibly loving family, and you know, to me, the you know, elevating your life with prayer. It's, what's interesting is a, a priest said in a sermon that it's just stuck with me my whole life. Let your actions be your prayers. And I'm like that, that, and you say that and it's like, well, that's a simple principle. But when you let your action be your prayer, that, I mean, I have to tell myself that 20 times a day. You have to say, all right, staying calm is a prayer. That's a form of worship. That's a form of, I'm acknowledging you know, you know, I'm in everybody. And I think the most important thing about um, what I'm saying is there is no one right religion. Like there clearly isn't, I mean, in my mind, there just isn't like, there's just no way there's one right way to figure out this incredibly complex, you know, universe. I mean, who they, they, we all look at it through a different lens and religion is a great way of setting, you know, kind of guardrails and saying, okay, here's one way of looking at it. And, you know, I just happen to be brought up a certain way. This is how I look at it, but it's no more correct than the way somebody else who's a Buddhist, right? Or, or a Hindu or whatever. They're like, everybody is relating to the universe in some way. But that idea, um, you know, of let your actions be your prayers leads you to the ultimate, which is love everyone. Like that, that idea is something that for whatever reason, look, like no matter what religion you are, like, find me the religion where you're like, listen, love everyone. It's all good. Even those that, who don't agree with you, love them. Like, that's a hard thing to actually do. And 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 when people say, oh, well, can you do that? I'm like, sometimes. But, you know, I'm not superhuman and I'm sure I fail. And sometimes I get angry. And sometimes you get bitter. And when, for me, the way that I pray, I pray all the time. And I pray for strength and pray, pray uh, you know, for wisdom and guidance and everything else. Um so, you know, I just pray that my actions are my prayers. Yeah. Wow. I, and I wrote down that quote, let your actions be your prayers. And I mean, what an amazing, profound quote. And I, I really think about that, um, you know, just in terms of like worry, what we were just talking about, you know, or if you're worried, you're, that's not an action that's, you know, a prayer because yeah. you're worrying that God or, you know, whoever doesn't have, you know, isn't protecting your future, isn't, you know, bringing you, you know, it's like, like what Tony Robbins says so much is life happens for you and not to you. And when you're worrying, 
you know, you're not acknowledging that. And when you're acting, you know, in other, I mean, there's so many different ways you could apply this. So I, I really appreciate that. And if you're listening to this, I would highly encourage you to write that down, pause this and write down, let your actions be your prayer and, and love everyone because everybody's got unique gifts. Everybody's got great things that they can bring to the world. And we're all unique. And man, we could go deep on the, on the religion subject there. And, and I really appreciate you bringing that up. And uh, that was amazing. But um, tell me, uh, in, in just the spirit of loving everyone, what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? I want everyone, I, I honestly want everyone to know, I want to know what you know. I ask a lot of questions. Every, you know, every Uber driver, you know, every, you know, person who sits next to me on, on a plane, like when you're striking up a conversation, I really want the person to know. I don't want them to know anything about me. I want to know something that they, I want to learn something from everybody I interact with. You know, I met my wife on a plane, sat next to her. Turns out we live two blocks away from each other on the same street in LA. Like crazy, right? So you never know who's sitting next to you, but you want to like, I want to mine for that knowledge. And if you don't think everyone has something that to teach you, then you are a fool because everyone knows something that you don't. And I want to know. I, and, I, and I just, I want to know, what do you do for a living? Where do you live? Where'd you grow up? And I try to dive deep and try to get one nugget out of someone. And in terms of how does that, well, how does that elevate? I want people to know you're important. Like you, you are important and you have valuable knowledge for the world and you mean something. You, you as a human being are important. And a lot of people just want to use others as a vessel to listen to my story. I'm like, I want to hear everybody else's story and I want to appreciate that story. And I, I, I think one of the things that our education system does not do well is put in perspective what it means to be a successful professional. So we, we, we still are kind of mired in this idea of, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to go to high school, I'm going to graduate, I'm going to go to college, I might go to business school, then I'm going to go out, I'm going to work for a company, I'm going to wear a suit, and I'm going to you know work my way up middle management, blah, 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 blah. Like, where, where's the career day where we say, you know what? Here's how much a hairdresser makes. And here's the path that a hairdresser, you know, goes down. You know, my hairdresser in Calabasas, I always uh, hold her up. She was 17. She started cutting my hair. I lived there for 13 years. I'm like, dude, this girl has made millions of dollars before any doctor even got out of school. I'm like, <laughs> she's just, re and, and she's doing what she loves. Where are we as a society saying, you know what? Here are the different paths you can go down. And in terms of elevating, getting back to your question is, whatever it is that you're doing, it, like, it literally doesn't matter what it is you're doing. As long as you love it, there is a way, is money the way to gauge? No. Is it like, I don't, you don't know what those measuring sticks for success is other than happiness and joy and love. So I want people to know I am interested. I'm interested in what everybody is doing because I constantly want to learn. Yeah. And it, everybody wins when you ask questions, when you ask more questions, when you ask better questions and you truly listen, not only can you learn something else, but someone else can recognize maybe subconsciously that, Hey, I'm important. Someone else cares about me. Someone else cares. So what can you do to ask more questions? What can you do to listen to someone else yeah. and pour into them? And, you know, it's like, if anybody's read, you know, how to win friends and influence people, you know, it is about, you know, shut up and listen, go and talk. 
go and let someone else tell you all about themselves. And there's so much more value beyond that as well. But John, this has been an absolutely outstanding conversation. Really, really appreciate you taking time. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd share with Elevate Nation today? I, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing, honestly, because positive energy begets positive energy. Very simple rule. And, you know, the more that we're positive and the more that we genuinely walk the walk, I challenge people every day. Are you actually allowing your actions to be your prayers? And are you actually loving everyone? Are you, are you doing those things? I feel like what you're doing is you're saying, how do we pick each other up? Right? Cause we all get knocked down. So I really appreciate what you're doing. Um, and I think that your audience, you know, anybody who's a fan of your show is uh, like, I'm a massive fan of them because it means they want, they want to perpetuate positive energy. That's all we can do. Totally. And I think that we can change the world. I think that, you know, together by spreading positive energy and recognizing that negativity will never win, it will never persist over positivity in the long term and recognize that anything is possible and that we can share these ideas with each other. And really everything starts with an idea. So I appreciate your shout out to Elevate Nation because I know we all feel that together. And I know that, you know, even though there are challenges in this world, we can all come together and create that longer future. As you mentioned earlier, we're all born to run. We're running a marathon right now. We're in the, we're in the, you know, the valley, so to speak right now, but guess what? We're going back up that mountaintop and I have no doubt about that. So John, wow. Uh, I just want to thank you again for, um, for, for being here on the show. Tell the listeners how they can, you know, stay engaged with you and learn more about what you do. I know you already talked about some of your businesses, but tell, yeah, tell the listeners. Good. Yeah. You can go to me on Twitter at John Brinkus, J O H N B R E N K U S underscore. Um, and also, honestly, follow Kill Cliff, you know, go to SaveYourLife2020.com, go to MorningGloryLive.com, check out Soul and Science with Intel. Um, you know, I'm all over the place. Just Google my name and you'll see all the projects I'm working on. And, I, and honestly, I really appreciate the support. You know, drop me a lot. It, it, you know, anybody that you can, you know, do a basic search, you can get in touch with me. Absolutely. And you know, I will uh, put links in the show notes there uh, to everything so where you can find John. So be sure to go follow him, go engage with him and, and engage with his companies. I mean, he's got some amazing products. He's got some amazing services coming. And uh, I want to encourage you to re-listen to the show because I don't know about you, but I think there were some absolute gold nuggets of wisdom there and some things that we can all apply and we can share positivity. We can share opportunities with each other. And I want to encourage you to re-listen to the show and, you know, take note of what are your top three key distinctions. I know one of mine, of course, is let your actions be your prayer. But what else did you glean in terms of insights from this show? What can you do to share that with someone else? Pay it forward. Because really, at the end of the day, the teacher is who learns the most. So what can you do to not only share this with someone else, but discuss with them, hey, these are some things that I'm applying to my life, to my business right now. And I want to encourage you to also take massive action because at the end of the day, knowledge is only potential power, but action is really where the rubber meets the road. And at the end of the day, this has been an absolutely outstanding show, John. Thank you so much for being on the show and Elevate Nation. Thank you for tuning in. Awesome. Thank you so much. God bless everyone. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.